Welcome back, friends. Lost Garf here, and it's time for the newest Kirby's Dreamcast. Here we talk about everything Kirby, from the games to the people behind making Kirby, and the show Kirby right back at you. Follow us on Kirby Dreamcast on Twitter, at Kirby Dreamcast on Twitter, where we will have occasional tweets about the podcast and update whenever new episodes come out, but I'll mainly be following Kirby fan art artists and retweet their art for dang sure. Uh, one more thing to note is the next one that we're going to do, of course, is Kirby's Adventure. And here's the big news about that is, as we're starting to get work on that episode, Kirby's Adventure is actually come out on Nintendo Online's games menu. So that works out pretty well right there. So we're going to play that game and I'm going to record footage from it and put it on the side channel. Going to play the game completely, 100% the game, as I'm working on the script for that episode. So we can talk about that game in full, talk about everything about it. The history of HAL around that time, uh, maybe a little bit with them and Nintendo, the making of the game, the game itself, of course, reception to the game, all that stuff about it, and that's going to be pretty cool. And after that episode, the next game episode is going to be on Kirby's Pinball, which is a game I played a lot as a kid. I really liked it a lot. I never beat it, so I better be beating it now as an adult, and that should be a lot of fun there. But yeah, the next gaming episode will be Kirby's Adventure, which you can also play on Nintendo's online uh, if you have that on the Switch, so that's pretty cool right there. Other news to say besides that is Kirby's Epic Yarns coming out, the uh, extra Epic Yarn. That's going to be out on the 8th of March, 2019, so look forward to that. I'm debating, by the way, when it comes to the game episodes, whether or not uh, we're going to make an episode about the remakes, or have the remakes have their own episode, or what. I'm just not sure. There's currently four remakes. There's Kirby Nightmare in Dreamland, which is a remake of Kirby's Adventure, which gave it better graphics and stuff and more new minigames. There's Kirby's Super Star Stacker, which is uh, a remake of Kirby's Star Stacker, which that one will probably be one episode, since Star Stacker's probably not got a lot. It's got a lot to it, kind of, but it's not like a lot to bite into. Then there's Kirby's Superstar Ultra. Kirby Superstar is one of my favorite games of all time. Ultra gives it even better graphics, makes it an even better game, so I'm debating if that would be a separate game or not. And the newest one is Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn. So... It's just debate on whether or not they need to have their own episodes, or if I should just just mention them, or if they should just have an episode combined about all the remakes. I'm not sure yet, and it'll be time to debate on that as we go forward, because we're not going to get to any of these remakes just yet anyway, so it'll be a while. So let's get going with the episode. Today we're going over episode 13 of Kirby Right Back Atcha, titled Happy New Year. It was a pretty good play on Happy New Year. Or Poo Poo Village's year-end fireworks festival in the Japanese version. Definitely like the, the, the American one, because of course that's a play on Happy New Year, so I like that one a lot. But yeah, that's right, we're in the Happy New Year's episode, and I wish we could have done this around New Year's, but time is what it is. And it's one of my favorite episodes, really. A lot happens in here animation-wise, very funny scenes, pretty good action going on. It's really good. Kirby has a lot of fun and trouble in this episode, I like it a lot. So the episode starts with King Dedede getting wished a Happy New Year's by Nightmare Enterprises because he called them, and he tells them he's made a New Year's resolution, and the salesman guesses he's resolved to take care of Kirby. King Diddy orders the strongest monster he can afford with how much money he has left in his account, and what appears is a little monster named Sasuke, which is a fireworks monster. Now, Sasuke, it's like this little ball, it's like a little borb, and he's got a, uh, he's got that, uh, there's no good way to put the hat, it's that straw hat that you see that's very... That's very stereotypical Asian hat. That's right there. And he is actually from Kirby's Dream Land 3. He's only in that game. I'm not going to give away what his uh, things about him just yet, because that'll be relevant to the episode. So if you play the game, you have an idea what he's going to do. But if you haven't, then it's a pretty good surprise what happens later on with him. But in the American version, he's pronounced Sasuke, but it's actually spelled 
Sasuke. So, in the Japanese version is pronounced correctly, of course. It's Sasuke. So, you know, like Naruto, Sasuke, that is it. And they pronounce it Sasuke because, well, this was 2001, and I guess they didn't have anyone to ask, how do you actually pronounce that correctly? So, they call him the wrong name. I'll, I'll see whether I call him Sasuke or Sasuke as we go. We'll see. So, they get this fireworks monster, and already the jokes are starting. Like, King Dude is, like, saying he wants to start the New Year's with a blast, and what's interesting is this is a fireworks monster. So, Eskar Hoon talks crap about the monster, because he's like, it's just this little ball thing, what's he gonna do? And then he throws a bunch of fireworks at Eskar Hoon and just scares him up. So that's how it starts up, and we get that this thing's really got a, a short fuse, and it's really good with bombs, so that's interesting right there. Then we get the opener, which is, of course, still awesome. And then we cut to everyone gathered at the town square talking about the New Year's. And we see Hiryo Kawasaki and Gus talking. The mayor's there too. Tiff and Tuff. Everyone's there. Just everyone's there. They're just talking. And we hear about different New Year celebrations from whatever respective lands they're from. Hiryo mentions that they do a prayer where he's from. Gus says that where he's from, they do a bunch of dancing. And just everyone just has different things they do. And the mayor laments that they don't do anything in Capitown. They just, they just, time goes and they go to bed. In the Japanese version, it's explained that they're multicultural. So what happens is everyone has different celebrations, but they don't do any of them. So they're not stepping on each other's toes or just, you know, messing each other up. That's what happens is everyone's got different things they do from their respective lands, but they don't do anything together. And they're like, maybe we should do something as a, as a town. And before anyone can consider what they could do as a celebration for the town, King Dedede shows up with Escargoon in their tank. And the next part is pretty interesting, and it's easy to miss. When they show up, Escargoon gets out a megaphone so he can call out to the people what they're going to do. And the megaphone does that weird distortion thing that happens sometimes. And it messes with everyone's ears. Everyone's holding their heads with their hands and it just hurts them to hear it, including King Dedede, to the point that he just pulls the megaphone out of Escargoon's hand so he could yell at everyone. But here's the thing. Everyone but Kirby is holding their ears. Kirby's the only one who just stands there. And this is supposed to be a hint to the fans about the fact that Kirby is tone-deaf, which will eventually be relevant when we see Mike Kirby, which is incredibly cute and hilarious. But sadly, I don't know when those episodes are, because I'm already up to episode 30 and I still haven't seen Mike Kirby, and I know there's a couple episodes with it. If you've seen the opener, you see Kirby with the Mike ability there, and it's very cute, he's very happy. Kirby really loves the Mike ability, and I have not seen when that's going to happen yet, but it's going to be a while before we get there. So King Dedede announces that he's going to have a big New Year's Eve extravaganza. So King Dedede announces that he's going to have a big New Year's Eve extravaganza. And the townsfolk make guesses as to what it's going to be. Hana thinks it's going to be a musical. Gus thinks a car show. Mabel thinks it's going to be a fashion show. But eventually King Dedede just gets annoyed and yells at everyone that it's going to be a fireworks show. And also a parade. Everyone in the town gets excited and they want to make their own illuminated parade floats to join in. But King Dedede yells at them saying, no, they can only watch. They're not going to make anything. That's an order from the king. And before leaving, Escargoon says, watch out, the king's got a short fuse, because of course that's the joke to make there. But the townsfolk decide, no, despite the king, they're going to make their own fireworks and they're going to make their own floats and everyone's going to be making whatever they want to make. It's going to be really fun. And they're just really into it. But it turns out, this is actually reverse psychology from King Dedede and Escargoon. The idea is that by telling them no, it was going to make them do it, so that while they're doing that, they're too busy to see what King Dedede is plotting. And it really does work out for King Dedede in this one, because wow, do they really get into this. So it cuts to Chief Bookham's office, and it shows him showing the Cappy's gunpowder, so they can learn how to make fireworks. 
And then he freaks out when he hears some popping. And that's because the kids are outside playing with sparklers. And we see Kirby cutely playing with a sparkler as well, and it is incredibly cute. It is just so cute seeing Kirby running around with a sparkler. Kirby's just a cute little kid, it's what happens. So after that, you get that the gunpowder is supposed to be dangerous, and then we see the adults start measuring out the gunpowder so they can start working on their fireworks. And then for some reason, Kiryo decides to pull out his pipe so he can go for a smoke, and then freaks out and almost drops it. Chief Bookham chastises him, saying that they don't want an open flame in here, or else they could be in a big explosion. While Chief Bookham's talking, though, quietly in the background, you can hear a familiar noise. Something you heard a second ago. A bit of a hissing sound. And you can see it in the corner of the screen as well. And then the camera zooms out, and it reveals Kirby is inside, holding his sparkly happily, like showing to Chief Bookham, and then everyone freaks out, and then... Boom. Yep. Kirby just blew everyone up. He blew everyone up just now on accident, because he's a happy little kid who doesn't know it better. Cut to everyone still being alive, though. And Tiff is cleaning the ash off Kirby with water, and it's another cute shot. So what's interesting in that scene is what's going on here. So in the Japanese version, Kiryo whips out his pipe, and then Bookham yells at him, which causes Kiryo to almost drop his pipe. In the English version, Bookham doesn't yell at him for some weird reason. We don't get that line. And so it just looks like Kiryo, on his own, realizes that he should not be smoking a pipe around gunpowder. Another thing that's interesting is the Japanese version doesn't have the sparkler on the screen. Like, that was an error there? You can still hear the sound, but they don't have the sparkle on the screen. So then the 4Kids version, they actually drew that in to set up the joke better. That's what happens there. And that's interesting to see how 4Kids make some changes that are good and bad. And this is in the same scene right there. Uh, it would have made more cohesive sense, I think, if you still had Bookham yelling at Curio instead of him just realizing on his own. Well, it's not even easy to tell you realize on It just looks like he's just fumbling with a pipe and screwing up a bit. So after everyone cleans up, the kids lament that they're not going to be allowed to play with the fireworks and floats, but Tiff isn't so sure, because she knows something. And it's an obvious thing that she knows, and that is that they need Tiff. She's kind of the Lisa Simpson of the show, so that means the adults always need her help. So you cut back to the adults, and they have no ideas. They don't know what the heck they're going to do. And so they decide they need Tiff's help. Now what's odd here is how Mabel reacts to the situation. She looks taken aback, and then she starts laughing, and that's because in the Japanese version... This suggests maybe they should get ideas from Mabel first, but she doesn't look like she thinks she has any good ideas. And then someone suggests Tiff, and then she's like, oh, yes, yes, Tiff, that, there you go. It it's, fits better that they just think of Tiff immediately, because Tiff is Tiff. But it just kind of looks weird because of how they just worked it around. And that's the thing that happens when, of course, it's a dub, so they, can, they make changes. Well, 4Kids was big about making changes. Other places, they usually just dub, while 4Kids makes edits all over the place which can make things cohesively better and worse depending on how they did it. So Tiff's back in the fold, and she gives everyone ideas for their floats. Chef Kawasaki with a food float, a history float for Curio, police work float for uh, Chief Bookham, and then Sir Ibram gets the idea, like, what if they made a float too with him and his wife? That would be fun. And then Lady Like mentions that, yeah, that'd be great, but shouldn't they be more worried about King Dedede's monster? And Tough hears, he's like, wait, what, there's a monster? Okay, so they should go investigate. So cut over to King Dedede's castle, and we see Sasuke is making the framework of a giant King Dedede float. The king is curious why they're making a giant float of him, and Escargoon yells at Sasuke to answer because he's not responding. We then see the two running from bombs getting thrown at them. In actuality, though, this is gunfire. The gun was cut out of the 4Kids version because of course it was. There's other scenes as well with Chief Bookham where he has his gun out as well, and those get cut out as well. Just because 4Kids doesn't want any you know, mention of guns in their shows. 
So there's any anything with Chief Bookham that has his gun out is usually cut out. In other episodes, that's been the same thing. Four Kids used to do One Piece, and they cut out all the guns out of that, which was insane, and that's just what they did. You get why, but it's also kind of weird. So after them getting attacked by Sasuke, Escargoon's pretty annoyed about the monster, but King Duty's like, well, we need him around because he's gonna help us take care of Kirby. But Escargoon's like, well, we could use the rocket I invented instead. And we then see tough Kirby, Falala, and Falalo are actually at the rocket, and they're looking at it, and they're curious what that's about. But then King Diddy and Escargoon come over, and so the kids have to hide. So they're overhearing King Diddy and Escargoon talk about the rocket and how they're going to take out Kirby. The idea is they're going to send Kirby into space with this rocket, to the point that King Diddy's got a reference to uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, saying he's going to send Kirby on a space odyssey, which is a reference to HAL, because HAL Laboratories, you know, HAL, the AI from the movie, there you go. And yet it's not in the English version. That's only in the Japanese version. I'm surprised they did not keep that line in the English version. So while Escargoon and King Didi are walking around the, the rocket, the kids have to follow behind them so they don't get caught. But Kirby, being Kirby, he's just happily walking around, not really paying attention. He trips and accidentally reveals himself to the villains. And that, of course, is never a good thing. Tough runs over and grabs Kirby and he runs away. But King Didi runs over to a lever and pulls it, and a giant crane comes out and grabs Kirby out of Tough's hand. So this is either a crane with really good aim from King Dedede, or it's got an AI on it or something, because it just goes and gets Kirby out of Tuff's hands as he's running. And so now King Dedede has captured Kirby. And King Dedede's like, before they send Kirby into space, they gotta test if he can handle freefall, if he can handle the force of it. So this giant crane starts swinging Kirby around by the leg, and then it lets go. And Kirby starts bouncing around, ding 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 ding, like a pinball, just bouncing all over a bunch of the walls, and then BAM! Crashes into a wall. Big Ouch leaves a big dent in the wall and falls to the ground. That definitely gets us a tick on the baby beatings counter for dang sure. Tough runs over and picks up Kirby and gets out of there real quick, and the villains laugh because, well, they're giving Kirby some trouble. By the way, this is episode 13, right? The last baby beating was in episode 9, so it's been a while for Kirby to get beat up. So good for Kirby, hasn't taken that much of a beating for a while. Next up, we see Tiff telling the townsfolk that King Diddy is planning something bad for New Year's, and he's trying to take out Kirby, so they should cancel. But the villagers, after all the work they put in, they don't want to cancel. Even Bookham's like, well, we need hard evidence to prove all that. And so they're like, we're not going to let King Dedede ruin our parade, and they continue forward with their plans. So they're just okay with the fact King Dedede's planning to kill Kirby. Like, straight up, they're, they, don't, they don't care. They're just going with it. So you snap to that night, which is New Year's Eve night, and the town's just covered in lights, and everyone's celebrating, they can't wait for the big parade. But Tiff and Tuff don't look happy because, well, yeah, uh, Kirby's gonna get attacked tonight. But what else can they do? Well, they may as well have fun. They can't stop the attack from happening. And Kirby's there and he's playing with Falala and Falalo and he's enjoying himself. And that's the thing to appreciate about Kirby. He's just this enduring child spirit. He's just always having fun as a kid. And he's just, no matter how tough it gets, he's always happy and having fun. Until it's time to throw down. Then he's super serious and wrecking things. But they're there and what else can they do? It is weird that we don't see them hide Kirby, because in other episodes, when Kirby's in danger of getting attacked from some pretty bad monsters, Tiff and Tuff go out of their way to hide Kirby from bad things. We'll see that in a later episode. But in this one, they're like, well, I guess we're just gonna let the attack happen. <laughs> Which is okay, I, I guess. So now the New Year's uh, celebration begins, and it's the first annual float and fireworks show, and all the lights in the town go dark. And the mayor shows up to say he's got the first float, and his float is called the Ba-Ba-Ba-Boom! And it's a float of the mayor with a bunch of sheep around him and just spins around with the sheep. 
And by the way, all the floats are going to be in 3D animation, while everything else is in 2D animation. So it looks a bit weird, but it is what it is, but it does give a pretty good Light Parade kind of look to it. Having been to Disney's Light Parade a few times, it really does give that impression pretty well, so I think it's a good usage of the 3D art. So after ba-ba-ba-boom, we get to see Chef Kawasaki's float, and it's Chef Kawasaki holding a plate of food. And Chef Kawasaki makes the joke, who says my food isn't light? Well, in the Japanese version, they make a comment that the food actually looks, uh, edible. <laughs> and then after that, we see Professor Curious' float, which is him as a caveman riding a dinosaur. And then there's Chief Bookham's float, which is a robber tied to a ball, which is... This has been a, an image of criminals that they're just, they got the ball and chain on them. And the kids are looking like, oh, wow, it's a robber. And Chief Bookham explains that he calls it prisoner on parade to show that crime doesn't pay to the kids. And then lastly is Sir Ebram's float. It's a float of him and his wife back to back, and it spins around. It looks pretty cool. Tuff says, hey, they look just like him. And then Tiff says, yeah, but they dance better. <laughs> we next get a 3D60 shot of all the different floats in 3D, and it looks pretty cool seeing all the Cappies celebrating. They're all happy and everything. Even Kirby's happy. And it's a good time. And then it's time for King Dedede's parade. So the lights go up over at King Dedede's castle, and the fireworks start firing off. And then that big, like, lake pond thing in front of King Dedede's castle, a giant cardboard castle comes out of the water, and everyone's stopping to see that. And they're all really impressed with the fireworks, they're all really impressed with the, the castle. And he goes like, yeah, but he ain't got a float. And then a float comes out of the castle. And it's huge. It is a giant, giant float of King Dedede, and it's coming out there. And everyone's like, wow, that float makes ours look puny. And then Tuff tells them that King Dedede had help, though, while they made their own. And that was help from a monster. And Sasuke is inside the head of the King Dedede float, and he's driving it, and he's got controls all over the place. So he's got some things in there he's going to use. The mayor decides that they should have their parade come out to meet his to show their floats are just as good. And that is a very bad idea, because as they do it, Escargoon laughs with his binoculars on. He's like, oh good, they're parading right into our trap. And then King Dedede gets on his radio and calls out to Sasuke some orders and tells his men to get ready. Then Sasuke makes a cannon come out of the giant hammer that's on the King Dedede float, and it fires on the parade. The villagers are shocked, everyone's surprised, and they get blasted. They straight up get hit with fireworks all over the place, and their floats get destroyed, everyone's just in tatters, they are just covered in ash and whatever else, and they're like, whoa, they just blew up our floats, and the cappies, being cappies though, they think it's part of the show. Um, they destroyed your floats and nearly killed you guys, but apparently it's part of the show. Okay, cappies, okay. So Escargoon and King Dedede start celebrating, then they tell the monster to do more. So next, it summons Kirby-shaped bombs and throws them at Kirby. Kirby's surprised, and then boom, it explodes and sends Kirby flying. Kirby survives the blast, but then has to start running for his life from multiple bombs getting thrown at him. Eventually, Tiff has to tell Kirby to suck up the float, which he should figure out on his own sometimes, and he goes for the suck. King Dedede tells Sasuke to fire on Kirby directly, and a ton of fireworks start coming out of the cannon at Kirby. But Kirby, being as powerful as he is, is able to suck all of the fireworks up and become Fire Kirby. Then, of course, because Kirby's got his power up, Meta Knight shows up because, oh, yep, that's what he do. Meta Knight explains that Kirby's got his fire ability as always, and Tim's like, why are you here? And he's like, well, I was here to wish Kirby a happy new year, if he survives the new year. <laughs> and so the floats can and start firing more fireworks at Kirby, and Kirby fires fireworks right back out of his mouth. And it is an even battle right now 
It's been, it's like a beam struggle, but it's with fireworks. And the villagers all still think it's part of the show, and they're really impressed, by the way. Come on, Cappies! So after this struggle goes, eventually Kirby loses the duel of fireworks and gets blown back. Then he runs for cover and gets attacked by even more blasts, but luckily there's a big rock in the way and it starts getting weared down, though, so Tiff recognizes what's going on here and calls in the warp star to show up for Kirby. It gets to Kirby just as his uh, cover gets destroyed, and then Kirby grabs the Warp Star, and he's dodging fireworks in the sky. But eventually, he loses his grip on the Warp Star, and he starts falling from the sky, with more fireworks getting blasted at him from the cannon. Luckily, though, Kirby lets out another giant blast of fireworks, and this time it destroys the float. Unfortunately, though, the blast was so big that Kirby gets knocked unconscious and blasted away, while Sasuke continues with a new attack. This time, Sasuke has got the giant escargoon rocket strapped to his back, and he's running at Kirby. He lights the rocket, and bam! As he's flying, he's actually able to aim it and hit Kirby with the tip of the rocket, and it rams the unconscious Kirby into the sky. This is something to appreciate. First, one thing, baby beating counter's gotta go up again. But Sasuke has got some skills here. He's able to aim this rocket while it's aimed at his back, and he's able to hit Kirby with the tip of it so he can send the kid flying, it's just, wow, that's some skill right there. This is a very strong monster, despite how small he is. So Kirby is now flying into the sky, going towards space, and he's unconscious. But luckily, I guess because just the force of the wind hitting him in the face, Kirby eventually wakes up, and he's like, huh? And then he starts crawling down the rocket to try to get out of there. And as he's crawling down the rocket, Sasuke starts climbing up the rocket to continue attacking Kirby. But here's what happens next. As they're battling on the rocket, or as they're moving towards each other to fight on the rocket, King Dedede isn't done. Escargoon calls the Waddles to fire everything they've got on Kirby, and we see an army, a friggin' army of Waddle Dees with artillery. They're all loaded up with fireworks, and they're firing them into the sky to hit the rocket to kill Kirby. It is ridiculous. Back at the, at the rocket, Kirby's getting fed up with Sasuke, and he finally sucks him up, and he sucks him in, and he eats Sasuke. But then, the fireworks hit the rocket, and the rocket explodes! We're then shown everyone in Dreamland watching the fireworks. The Cappies, Kaboo, Wispy Woods, Dynablade, everybody, they're all just watching the fireworks. And again, the Cappies are just really impressed with the fireworks, while Tiff is super worried about Kirby, because she thinks he's dead at this point. And of course, King Didi and Escargoon, they're celebrating, they're happy, they've taken out Kirby, Kirby's gone! But then the rocket, what's left of the rocket, falls to the ground and lands on Escargoon and King Dedede. That means the rocket didn't make it to space. But did Kirby survive the explosion? Tiff isn't sure. She's looking around. She's worried. But then Midnight says he sees him. And we see Kirby floating down. It's Parasol Kirby! My favorite Kirby, by the way. Here's why I didn't give away. Sasuke, in Kirby's Dreamland 3, gives the Parasol ability. So Kirby sucked him up and got the Parasol ability. So that's how Kirby's able to safely fall to the ground from that, from that rocket explosion. And I guess he also used the parasol to block, because the parasol is a defensive power that Kirby has. And so he survives. And so he's floating down from the sky, and I just didn't want to give that away, because that's, that's, that's just a nice touch there to know if you've played the game. So I didn't want to give it away. And so, by the way, this is the first time we see Kirby with two powers, so that's cool. And as Kirby's floating down, Tuff's wondering, what does parasol Kirby do? And Manite says, just wait and see. You will find it quite illuminating. Yep, that's what he said. So, uh, then the 10 count begins. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And as it's happening, Kirby's slowly falling down towards Tiff, who's got her arms out to catch him. 
And then we see in the background a bunch more fireworks, and then it says, A Happy New Year in the background in English letters, and Kirby says, Happy. So it's implied that Kirby made the background using Sasuke's ability, so it means that not only did Kirby get Parasol, but he also got the ability to make fireworks also in this instance, not just with Fire Kirby, so that's interesting there. And here's the other thing, that A Happy New Year in the background is not a 4Kids edit. That is something very interesting. I assumed it was 4Kids editing in English on this, but nope, this is in the Japanese version too. It's in English in the Japanese version. It says A Happy New Year in the Japanese version, which I just, I was just surprised by that. I, I didn't expect that, because when I saw it in the English version, I'm like, okay, let's watch the Japanese version. Oh, it's in there too. Huh. Okay, didn't see that coming at all. Just, just interesting, these little th things that you see. So one more thing to mention is that Escargoon's rocket is called the Taepodong, uh, which is a reference to North Korea's ballistic missile. And that's an interesting reference considering that Japan is constantly in fear of North Korea bombing them. So I'm surprised they made that reference back in 2001. Of course, this was back during Kim Jong-il and all that. And uh, I guess they still thought it was okay to make the reference. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. In the now, after North Korea shooting that rocket over Japan that one time. Oh, man, that's. That's quite a reference to make there. So that's the end. And like I said before, this is one of my favorite episodes because it has an epic fight for the last six minutes of the episode. He's fighting a giant float. He gets fire curry ability. He's shooting fireworks. They have a freaking fire fireworks struggle, pretty much. It's really cool right there. He's running for cover. He's in a desperate situation. He's fighting for his life. He almost gets beat. He almost gets killed in this episode. But eventually he pulls off the win and it ends so cute. And he also just has my favorite ability. And there's a lot of funny jokes earlier in the episode, and we just see how much effort King Diddy put in to take out Kirby. He had the float, he had a rocket, he had an army of Waddle Dees with artillery ready to fire on him. He had so much ready to deal with Kirby, he really wanted to take him down this time. But after all that desperate fighting, Kirby survives with a smile in the end, and that's pretty dang good. He could say, why didn't King Diddy take out Kirby earlier when he captured him? And it's because he wanted to kill him in a really good, like a really cool way, not just take him out. And no surprise there, it is King Dedede after all. So that right there is the 13th episode of Kirby Right Back At Ya. It was a real blast. <laughs> Next time is going to be an interesting episode. Episode 14 is a clip show episode, so I'm not sure how we're going to handle that episode. But that's going to be what episode 14 is. And as always, you can find us on YouTube and Podbean, and hopefully other places as we apply to get accepted to them. The YouTube version has visuals along with the podcast, but the goal of the podcast, of course, is to be able to uh, have it that you can only have to listen to the episode, not have to watch it, so I try to describe things as best I can. As always, if you have feedback, please let us know in the comments or message our Twitter at Kirby Dreamcast. I had a fun time talking, hope you had a fun time watching and or listening, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by, and see you next time.